the Bible uses illustrations and images to portray spiritual truths to us because spiritual truths are kind of hard to grasp in our finite little minds. Um, God kind of dumbs it down a little bit, so to speak, and uses analogies and imagery and things that we can understand to kind of give us a glimpse into what he means when he talks about how the, the work that he does in our life. And so one of those images that he gives is uh, the term born again. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that term. Have you been born again? Or are you born again? Or you've got to be born again, those kind of things. Uh, regenerated, reborn, uh, recreated. All of these terms that God uses is describing the, the spiritual truth that's inside of us. And the spiritual truth that happens kind of behind, beyond what we can see but is a, is a reality. Well, along those lines, when you think about being born, you, uh, there's a lot of things that come with that. You're, just not, you're not just born and then you exist. You are born and then you grow, and you grow into a family, and you're born into a family, and you grow into relationships and those kind of things. So it's true, the same is true with our spiritual life. When we are born again, regenerated, we are born into a new family where God is our father or our parent figure, and we uh, begin to grow in that relationship, and that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about tonight. So before we move from death into life, we were essentially strangers to God. We may be somewhat acquainted with him, but we are still disconnected. An example would be some of you here tonight have never seen my face before in your life. We're strangers. Some of you have seen my face maybe around, but you have no idea who I am. We're acquainted, but we're strangers. Okay, and so it's that kind of thing. So when you measure your relationship with God or where you are in your relationship with God, are you strangers? Are you acquaintances? Are you learning to be friends maybe or have you been born into his family and are you his child and there's there's a whole process there when we are reborn the bible illustrates our relationship as one of a parent child and so we're going to dig into that some let's chase this relationship by diving into god's word i'm going to be looking in uh, colossians chapter 3 and I'm going to kind of stay there all night. So, but I, um, if you aren't already, I want you to uh, prepare yourself to make some notes. Um, I doubt any of you actually use pen and paper anymore. So go ahead and open your your phone. Get a there you go. Um, uh, get an app open for your notes. And I'm not saying write down everything I say. Don't do that. But I want you to listen with the idea of. What does God have to say to me tonight? What questions might come up in my mind as I'm listening? And um, what things do I might want to remember or study more as we go? So we'll start in Colossians 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, 
not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now, when I have my paper Bible in front of me, I usually have a bag of pens or something next to me. I'll have lots of different colored pens. I'll have crayons. I'll have all kinds of stuff in there so that when I'm studying the Word of God, I can underline things, highlight things, circle things, um, point arrows, make notes, all this kind of stuff to help me digest. That's the way I digest the Word of God. Some of you that might work for, others might have another technique, but for me, this is, this is what helps. And so in my Bible, the word sense, I, I pr pretty much every time I come across it, I circle it. Just like the word four, like in verse three, um, I like put a square around it because these are important words. These are words that say, Kathy, sit up and pay attention. I've got something important to say. And it's got a logic behind it. And so I need to see where that logic is going. Since you have been raised to new life, then there's something else. So pay attention. So it says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights, pretty obvious phrase there. Um, set your aims, set your thoughts, set your goals, all that kind of thing on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in a place of honor. Obviously, because there's the word where there, there is an actual place called heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor. But I propose to you that there's a little more to it than that, and I want us to be able to walk away from here knowing what it is to set our sights on the realities of heaven. You might think of heaven as something like this. Little angels flying around with harps or something like that. Hopefully there's more than harps in heaven. Surely there's guitars and drums and, you know, big brass section or something like that. Or Hollywood likes to use this other scene when talking about eternity. They like to use open fields and things like that. But I want you to think about heaven not only as maybe a place, but also a perfect relationship. For whatever else heaven may be, at its core is this perfect relationship with our Creator. Perfect in the sense that it's not long distance anymore. We're not separated by time and space. We're not separated by physical bodies, by our own limitations. But instead, we are um, as connected to God as we possibly can be. And it's perfect. It's complete. We are completely loved no matter what. We don't need to fear that God's going to stop loving us in any second because we were mean to so-and-so today or, you know, we, we disobeyed our parents or uh, mumbled under our breath at that driver. Um, whatever, we don't have to worry about God ever stopping loving us. No matter what, we're loved completely. And because of that, we're completely at peace. We know that we're totally safe. We have no fears, no doubts, no insecurities. We're fully valued. Can you imagine a relationship like that? 
And this isn't just something we have to wait until we get to heaven to have. Yes, it will be complete in heaven, but it's something that we can experience right now, right here. This fully satisfying love and relationship that pales every other relationship in comparison to it. And once we have established this relationship, we are free to treat other people much, much better because we're not trying to win their affections. We're not trying to get our value from them. They don't, they're not validating us in any way because God's already done that. A relationship with our creator is the perfect love that completely satisfies our desire to be important to someone. We all have this desire to be important to someone. If you don't think you do, think about the last time that you were scared to be yourself around somebody because you were afraid of what they were going to think. Not because they were particularly great people, but it was important to you to be important to them, to be valued by them in some way, shape, or form. And so that fear invaded your life for that split second or however long it was, and maybe it kept you from doing whatever it is that you thought you would do. Maybe, um, maybe you went ahead and did it because you're brave like that, which is cool. But we all have this desire to be important to someone. And God's love for us is so perfect that our faults are somehow beautiful. And God gave that to me this weekend as I was contemplating over this and just worshiping him. And just, it just like, I can't believe that. that. That's just amazing. That my faults, because they've been covered with the blood of Jesus, to God are still beautiful. And he can use those. And he can use those faults and those limitations and those things to... Uh, to do beautiful things. Relationship with God is so much the ideal that the pursuit of any other relationship in place of or more than this one sets us up for pain. In our new life, we are focused on the reality of this perfect relationship we have with God. But in our old life, when we were spiritually dead, we pursued earthly relationships in a way that often leads us to less than ideal behaviors. So that's the next section of scripture we're reading, starting in verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. And because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now it's time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off the old nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Did you notice the severe language that he uses right there at the beginning of verse 5? So put to death. Don't bury it 
in the backyard, don't hide it under your mattresses, don't, you know, stick it up in a box in a closet somewhere. Don't hold on to it, kill it. Kill that thing like it was a roach crawling across the, the floor. Slap it, kill it, get it out of here. Just like that. <laughs> and, you know, and so don't mess around with it. Put it to death, these earthly things lurking. I love that word lurking. Scripture is just so vivid sometimes, and lurking is, is that. I mean, there's just a certain connotation that you get when you hear the word lurking. And sin lurks and waits to attack and jump out of sometimes. So very severe, very lang- severe language. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. Past tense, we don't do this anymore. Once you have experienced what Todd talked about last week, where you've moved from death to life, then there's a change. There's the there's Second Corinthians 5, 17, awesome verse, says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creature, completely new. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. So all of these things, anger, rage, malicious behavior, they're a thing of the past. And these things, we see these in our life when we're putting too much value on the relationships around us instead of the relationship we have with God. Because if somebody lets us down, somebody hurts us, somebody doesn't live up to whatever standard we had for them, we get mad, we start talking bad about them, we post evil things on social media, we slander them, we abuse them with our language. All of this is a manifestation of the fact that we are putting way, way, way too much value in human relationships. God gave us human relationships. There are things, and they are there to be valued, and they are precious, but they are not what gives us value, and they are not the end-all, be-all of everything. Our relationship with God is. The last verse, uh, verse 10, is key to how we move from old to new. So it's always good to get all the lists in there that say, don't do this, and but do do this, but then how? How do we make that happen? And verse 10 says, be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But in our new life, we now have a relationship with our creator, and it changes the way we relate to all people. So let's go back to Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, make allowances for each other's faults, forgive anyone who offends you, because remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others, and above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We're going to dig a little bit deeper in small groups 
on, on what that all looks like, because having this type of a character can be challenging, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I want you to realize this is not a checklist. It's very easy to get it in our mind when we see a list like this in Scripture of these are the things that I need to do to be a good person, um, to make this sort of checklist in our life of, of I need to accomplish this somehow. I, you know, we don't get up in the morning and look ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, no matter what, I'm going to be a better person today. I am going to be nice to that girl that drives me bananas. Not going to get upset with her. I'm not going to get ugly. Well, I might get a little bit ugly, but I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say nice things. We don't do this. We don't psych ourselves up for this. We don't decide we're going to be humble. We don't decide we're going to be gentle today. What in the heck does that look like? What's it look like to be gentle? Um, <laughs> what's, uh, we're not, we just don't, this isn't a checklist of things that we have to accomplish today. Instead, it's more of a measure. It's, um, uh, Cody, could you go to the next, next slide? There we go. It's more of like a measuring stick where if these things are in our life and to what degree that they're in our life has to do with the depth of our relationship with God. Okay, so um, mercy, kindness, humility, patience, gentleness, uh, peace and thankfulness, for some reason, aren't showing up there. I think I may add those later, so they don't have those. Um, but these things are, are fruit of our relationship. This picture up here is my daughter and her daughter. Um, she's six months old now. That's right after she was born. And I was looking at this today, and I was kind of thinking through this, and I was thinking about how much she's changed in six months. And when a child is born, when a baby is born, they don't have much of a personality. They're kind of boring. But at the same time, you can't take your eyes off of them because they're so amazing. Uh, but they just lay there, they sleep, they cry, they eat, they poop and they poop, and they poop some more. <laughs> but that's about it. There's not a whole lot of personality there. Um, as she grows, as she spends more time with her mom, she begins to develop characteristics. And yeah, she's just six months old, so I'm going to switch to using my two-year-old grandson as an example, who's had a little more time with his parents. And he has this amazing sense of humor. Now, he wasn't born with that sense of humor. He got it from his dad. Loved my son-in-law, Joshua. He's amazing. And he's got a great sense of humor. And my two-year-old grandson will crack a joke faster than some adults that I know. And he gets that from spending time with his dad. He starts to pick up their characteristics the more time he spends with them. Same is true in our relationship with God. The more time we spend with God, the more we pick up his character. And all of these things, y'all, these are God's character. God is merciful. 
God is kind. God is humble. God is patient. He's gentle and forgiving. All of these things, everything that we want to be in life, all the, the, the kind of person we want to be, we can all see that in God. And so if we want to achieve that in our life, if we want to be a person of good character, we're going to get to know God, and we're going to dive into getting to know God. Again, verse 10, I'm going to harp on this a couple of times. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn. Notice the tense there. It's a present continual tense. That's not the official word for it, but y'all know what I mean. Anyway, it's, it's a continual thing. As you learn from now until the day you die, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So, last week, when Todd was talking, he was talking about this movement from death to life. And this is a one-time event, just like the day you were born, one time. You're not ever going to be born again, physically. And when we are born spiritually, again, one-time event, never happens again, it's permanent. And it begins with our decision to commit to follow Jesus as the one way to know God and believe that God has raised him from the dead. If you need a reference for that, Romans 10, 9, write that down, look it up later. This is when our new life begins, one time. 1 Peter 1, 3, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, everything I've been talking tonight, talking about tonight, this moving from the old way of living to the new way of living, or being, re- being a new creature, all of this is a process. Okay? It's continual. It's changing. From now until the day you die, you will be continually growing, and learning to be more like Jesus. And so I I love Colossians chapter 2, which is just before what we've been talking about. It says, now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built up on him. Process, growing and being built up. It's a process. So don't get discouraged if you get up tomorrow and you pray and you ask God to help you be nice to that kid in your second period that drives you bananas, um, and you make it through half of second period and then you fail, um, don't be discouraged. Instead, go back to God. Say, God, I just, I just need to get into knowing you more so that I can be more like you, so that I can love this guy the way you love him and stop being so rude. You know, whatever your hang-up is, whatever it is that you feel like is not, is, is more of the old way of living and not the new way of living, like those anger, rage, malicious behavior, sexual, you know, stuff and that kind of thing, Whatever that is for you, it's gone. It's dead forever, and it doesn't need to come back. 
but we just need to get dig into our relationship with Christ and our relationship with God. So now we're going to pray. So I want you to kind of hone in to your just to God, just talk to him. I want to ask you a couple of questions and I want you to um I want you to answer these questions to God. So just kind of close out everything around you. Where are you right now in your relationship with God? Are you that stranger, that acquaintance, not even sure God is real? Or maybe you have made a decision to follow Christ and, and you're not as close to God as what you would like to be. Talk to God about that right now. Be honest. He can handle it. Where do you want to be in your relationship? Do you want it to change? Do you want to get out of the stranger zone and get into being an actual child of God and experiencing this relationship that's so amazing? This same relationship that loved Ken so much that it healed him? What's keeping you away from God? Is there something that you're hung up on that you're afraid to let go of? You're afraid to put to death? Talk to God about it. Tell him. And then tell God what you want him to do in your life. Father God, I just thank you so much that you love us so much that you went to the cross for us. You gave the ultimate sacrifice, went to the greatest extreme to demonstrate your love for us. God, there are people in this room, God, that they don't even know for sure if you exist. God, I ask that you will just meet them where they are right now. Just meet them. Talk to them. Make them fully aware of how much you love them. And God, for those that have made a decision to follow after you, that have chosen to serve you as their God, draw us into you. Draw us into that relationship. Help us to know a taste of heaven here on earth. Help us to to focus and set our sights on the realities of heaven so that when, when we interact with the people around us, we're not relying on them to validate us. We know, we know, God, that you've given us value and we can just rest in that. So God, as they go into their small groups and the discussions that they have there, God, help each of us to just to flesh this out, to make, to, to take off all the old stuff, all the old clothes, and put on the new things so that we can walk in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name.
Amen.